I think it's time for the show to go on. Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast. We're back after a week off. What's going on, guys? Sean and David. It is The Show Must Go On by uh, a band called Three Dog Night. There was a, there was a, if we continued the song out, if you really care, it has circus sounds. Oh, that's why you like it, because it reminds you of your childhood, growing up on the circus, going from town to town, entertaining the people. I'm sorry, I I can't hear you over these great ideas. Getting paid in pennies. (laughs) Speaking of getting paid in pennies, Hugh Jackman. That guy is doing a um, a musical tour for all the movies he's ever sang in. So Les Miserables. Les, Les Miserables. And uh, the one where he was the circus guy. The greatest, the showman. greatest showman. And he sang in a few other song, uh, is, movies. Is too. the um, is the tour going to be called the actual Greatest Showman? I think it's called like One Man One Showman or something. Oh yeah. I it sounds familiar. So, what's up? I know we had a we had a busy week last week. I know uh, I was offline due to some convocation activities with the other half. But uh, and it's not me for the people making that assumption. Yeah, it's the other other half. Yeah, the third. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm not considered the third. <laughs> just hopefully your girlfriend never listens to this episode. No, she says she does, but I'm pretty sure she just turns it on, mutes it, and leaves. Yeah, I think like most most people that tell me that they listen to it. Hi, we're listening on Deaf Air. We can say whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I went to EB the other day, and they were having their like shipwreck sale, or whatever the hell it was called. And I traded in my Days Gone copy, because within uh, a month you get $50 credit for a new release. And they gave me a free Pokemon card. And I was standing there with my girlfriend. They're like, hey, would you like a free Pokemon card? Detective Pikachu's coming out this Friday. And I'll tell you, the deal I got was um, I was able to get NBA 2K19 and Battlefield 5 for $55 total. Brand new, both games. Pretty sweet deal. Yeah. I, I like, traded in Days Gone as well. Because it's Days Gone awful. Uh, it's not bad, but it wasn't great, and I figured, you know what, I probably just would never continue playing it, and I'll just get it when it goes free or so, cheap on sale again. <laughs> the, they were like, would you like a free Pokemon card to celebrate Detective Pikachu? I was like, sure, why not? And Chris was like, what Pokemon is it? We look at the box. I'm like, are there any different ones? And he's like, no, they're all Snubbles. And Chris is just like, ooh, who wants that Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd think they'd be giving out at least Detective Pikachu. Right, or Psyduck. Or that cool little duck with the Mexican hat who works in the uh, bar. Yeah, I don't know his name. So, uh, have you seen Detective Pikachu yet? I have not, unfortunately. But you can tell me all about it without spoiling it. It was actually really good. That's the, good. Uh, as, as people probably have, if you haven't seen the movies because you've been, you did what Sean did and was like, oh, the reviews don't look too good. You have to realize that uh, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, the uh, the movie was made for people who are in their like the millennial and young young age group. So like people who are now in their mid thirties and younger. So a lot of the reviews that I read that were negative, um, 
a lot of the reviewers were like much older. Yes. So they were looking at it from an just I, I don't even know how how they would be looking at it like an overly critical uh way because the the movie it has great production values yeah the story in some parts is kind of thin uh but visually it looks great the acting in general is pretty good the the jokes were well done and i can't say at any point in that movie was i bored um it it was just like there's so much thrown into that movie that uh if you've ever played like if only you've if you've only played the first games in the series like Pokemon Red and Blue or even Pokemon Yellow uh there's enough in this movie to entertain you or like bring back like nostalgia from those games but then they have to a lot of stuff your whistle yeah and and, and they have a, enough stuff from later games um to appeal to everyone who's kind of played throughout the series. And uh, I was just like looking at some of the other movies that these, these negative reviewers uh, have had reviewed and just to see like kind of what they like as, uh, as like their critiquing movies. And from what I found, a lot of the negative ones that, or a lot of the reviews I gave, Detective Pikachu, uh, like mediocre to a negative review. They were their other reviews generally were positive for like the more adult, like dramas, thrillers, stuff like that, which yeah. makes sense, right? But then all the other ones that um, are giving positive reviews, if you look at them, their other reviews are generally geared to the same kind of uh, like age group of media right like the movies that are designed for like the younger crowds and stuff like that or like based off nostalgia you know they generally get are giving them better reviews so it's that's the one thing that i really dislike about like critic reviews and i try not to read them and i get I, i've it. i've we, stopped we uh we you know are critics in our own but i think we are a little more open-minded than some some other people but uh yeah, like it's easy to look at just, and I do it all the time when I'm like looking up movies to watch or rent or whatnot. I'll just Google it and see what like a the average review is. But I've stopped looking at the critic reviews for Rotten Tomatoes, and I will uh, look more at the user reviews, and also compare it to like IMDb because I feel like that's a little more accurate for um, movies. But. Uh, yeah, I read a lot online about people not seeing Detective Pikachu, mostly because they're like, oh, the reviews are like, meh. But uh, what, what's their averaging right now? Uh, on Medi- oh, I'll just check Metacritic. It's probably like around like 60, 70. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, it's around 66%. Metacritic, 53. But, so, but if you're looking at Metacritic, are you looking at... Um, user reviews, or are you looking at professional writing? Because so like, like, yeah, like their user reviews on Metacritic is a seven point eight, and then their meta scores of fifty three with thirty currently thirty mixed and fifteen positive. But then you look at um, 
Rotten Tomatoes because I think Rotten Tomatoes for the user score is a better representation of, I think, the average person. And it's sitting at an 82% audience but score. Rotten Tomatoes is heavily influenced by IM, or, um, IGN. And it's unfortunate because like the Pokemon company does benefit a lot from a company like IGN. Well, not really, because people Pokemon prints its own money. Yeah. But when Pokemon games come out, when was the last time, aside from Pokemon Rumble, did you see a game score below a nine on their website? Nah, that's this is true, but I don't know. I, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, the the it even though it has a fairly good rating for a video game movie, it's uh, their uh, critic review is at a sixty six currently. Uh. I find that if you look at a, the user reviews or the audience reviews for movies, like even if you just go based off of uh, like Metacritic and stuff like that, um, going based off of the actual user reviews and ratings, I think that's a better indication of how the movie actually is. Yeah. Because these are people that like want to go to the movies because they are interested in it, whether or not they played the games or they're just like, oh, that looks like a fun movie or they took their girlfriend or their kids to go and then they're the ones writing this being like oh yeah you know what i like this but uh i i do know that the pokemon company and nintendo or whatever has announced that they are they do have plans on making more um pokemon based movies like like this style like the real lifestyle. That's cool. Like um, I, I'd love them to do like an indigo or an indigo movie. Like yeah, just like Ash going against the indigo plateau or well, him see, doing something. I think like that that would be tough for them because that's really and, and I think that's where a lot of video game movies fails because they take these characters and these scenarios and these stories that we know right that we've played and they trying to uh, transition that to the screen and more often than not they actually don't do a very good job right so with what they did with this one they did a spin-off story they did detective pikachu that yeah some people played but not a lot of people did um but still it was it was still in the pokemon universe it was still good enough for them to like there's still a, a story that they can use like a a complete story that they could use and it didn't have enough stuff in it from, like, the main series that people would watch it and be like, oh, well, Ash didn't sound like that in my head, so I'm mad and I hate this, right? Ash was a 14-year-old um, kid played by a 35, a 35-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like when you, if you've ever seen videos of Nancy Cartwright doing Bart, right, uh, Bart Simpson. Like, yeah. What in the fuck would you like? It, and it's just like uh, I I I know that they have ideas for kind of spinoffs, spinoff uh, stories and whatnot, but I think it would be cool if they could build a a brand for film and slowly uh, kind of implement stuff from the main series. Like it'd be um, cool to see Ash as a like kind of background character, you know, like someone that that. Uh, the main protagonist interacts with in the film like you're but, the legend ash ketchum right like st stuff like that I, I think like they could do a lot with 
with the series and the fact that they put in so much time and, and effort to make this movie a good one, right? Like they yeah. had, they had, um, I forget the guy's name. The One of the guys who uh, created um, some of the, the original Pokemon, they actually sent him um, like a lot of their um, artwork. What's it called? Uh, concept like, art and stuff yeah. like that. And their, their drawings and their artwork and their renders of the 3D Pokemon to get him to like approve it, which is kind of cool. And then they also had a, uh, apparently they had a, a Pokemon expert on set. Like every time that they were filming to make sure that the actors were interacting with the Pokemon in the correct way, like whether or not it's like referring to them in the correct manner or, you know, like how they would just like things like, Oh, like their size or their general like how they act and stuff like that so like they they put the effort into this like they did it i think they did it right and it it has paid off and you know i like i would totally see that movie again in theaters like it was just it was a fun movie but you you'd pay again to see it eh yeah i i totally would like it's it's one of those things that you know it'd be it's a movie that i would watch at home but there's just something about seeing these these characters come to life on on the big screen that when you're just in that theater it just is so much more kind of like engrossing of you're like holy shit like this is exactly what i imagined pokemon world being when i was playing the game on the original game boy so you got to see the movie so i know for a fact, I haven't seen the movie yet, but here's what I can tell you about Detective Pikachu and Detective Pikachu 2 coming for the Nintendo Switch, potentially. <clears throat> they have already hired Oren Uzel, who has recently worked on Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> which has been now delayed till 2020 because they're re-editing it, <clears throat> and the Men in Black International to write and uh, the script for Detective Pikachu, the sequel. For the game? For the movie. They've already announced that there will be another movie in the works. Oh, so expected they're doing another to be in Detective 20- Pikachu movie. Expected to come to... So Warner Brothers has a slot for an untitled Warner Brothers event film, December 25th, 2020. But the assumption is it'll land early 2021 and it'll be an event film. Um, sorry, it'll either be December 25th, 2020 or February 2nd, 2021. It'll be a major event film in the Pokemon universe, is what they're assum- assuming. Are we getting like a Marvel Cinematic Universe, but a Pokemon, but, a PCU? A yeah. There is no word yet as if Justin Smith or Justice Smith will be back as Tim Goodman and Ryan Reynolds will be back as well, but they're assuming both will come back as the pair, due to the fact that they had intense on t- on scene chemistry. I think if that's the case, I haven't seen the movie, but I hope him and I'm assuming it's Misty that he meets or uh, somebody like Misty in the movie that that girl. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, maybe they find like a Brock like character and then go on an adventure and or what if it's like Pokemon 2000 and Mewtwo goes crazy and turns Ash into stone and Pikachu's like Pikachu. 
Pikachu, I love you. And everybody gets really fucked up because Pikachu actually spoke and they all heard it. Bum, 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 just like they did in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, um, you got to see the movie. And if, if, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because I feel like this is something that this is, this is a movie that you need to see it to believe uh, it, to believe it. But, um, they did a really good job, and especially if you haven't played the Detective Pikachu game, they did a good job at explaining, like, why... Hey, kid, I'm Pikachu. Kid, why the kid can hear, listen to Pikachu and all that stuff. And and like I said, like, the story isn't... It's not, like, a perfect story. It's got some corny parts into it. It's got some... But it works. Like, at, at no point, like like I said earlier, like, no point was I bored because I it's a Pokemon movie. Right, like it's, if, it's, if it's you go in, expect if you ex- go in, being and being like, oh, this is so unrealistic. You, like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> it's you. You literally went to the movies to see a Pokemon movie. So, uh, so why don't we put sh- snooze on this topic and bring up or segue into a more Snorlax topic, if you know what I'm saying? So more Pokemon. But this time, you can play Pokemon while you sleep. Isn't that Buddy, like, beep. the greatest thing ever? Nintendo I've, knows everything. They're like Pokemon 24-7. Except when I was reading about it and like you and I were talking about it earlier, do you remember when phone apps originally could monitor your sleep but you had to leave your phone near your pillow? You, you still have to do that. Yeah, except unless you have an Apple Watch or a Samsung Watch, or and like you don't a have Fitbit to... or something like that. But then also, I'm not the kind of person to uh, wear my watch while I sleep. There's also some wearables that you can get. Um, well, there will be a Pokemon Go Plus Two, which will also no, pl- have a sleep. It's Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Yeah. Literally, it's like a word plus, but then the symbol plus beside it. So, who's worse in marketing when it comes to that kind of stuff? Pokemon. Uh, or Apple, who does not know how to make just an extra large phone. The iPhone XL. We all know it's coming. <laughs> not the X Plus. Like, fuck off. Or the 10 Plus. Yeah, N- Nintendo just makes uh, weird money. decisions. They print money. Yeah. But, like... So, they're, doing, they're running an event for those who still play Pokemon Go, which I actually found out today is a lot more than I thought, including a lot of my peers at work. Um, like I still play every once in a while if there's like something cool, but they're giving away limited edition Snorlaxes to, um, accompany the announcement that Pokemon Sleep is coming out very soon. Oh, so should I download Pokemon Go again just to get the Snorlax? Maybe. You, you definitely can. I haven't played this game in, since, uh, I don't know, when was the last time we played Pokemon Go? Uh, like a year ago. When well, you go. more than a year ago. And and just to to keep coming with the Pokemon news, not only does your Google have a home, Pokemon does too. It's a place where all Pokemon gather. Am I right? It's going to be the repl- my pants. It, it's going to be a replacement of the Pokemon Bank, but Nintendo's cloud-based service for trading and storing Pokemon across games will now be called Pokemon Home. And it is a larger uh, cloud-based utility that links Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and the Pokemon Bank together. So all those Pokemon that you're catching with Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, 
We're going to see it very soon. I can hear you playing Sorry. Pokemon Go. Sorry. <laughs> how do I how do I uh, meet this? Pokemon Go or Pokemon Home will launch in early 2020, which is going to be a few months after Sword and Shield arrives. Now, uh, the, they're not going to stop supporting the Pokemon Bank until Pokemon Home arrives. So that's really good. I didn't use the. I wish I honestly paid for the Pokemon Bank because I had the gnarliest pokemon x and y rosters i was so good at that game so i played I, I sorry i paid for the pokemon bank for a year and it's like it was like five bucks for the year but if you don't uh renew after oh, like all your pokemon I, die I, yeah like it i don't think i can get my pokemon back but not that i really care Digimon. but i'm not sure i don't think pokemon home is replacing com pokemon bank completely um i think because pokemon bank is so intertwined into um like the the ds the 3ds versions of the game stuff like that i think uh the way that they're going to have to do it is have if you want to transfer stuff from your 3ds games to the switch or to pokemon go uh you'd have to do it online or something I guess it all is online, but you know what I mean? Like you have to do it through a, a different app that connects to your Pokemon bank. But because Pokemon bank is a paid service, is Pokemon home going to be a paid service? Well, most likely. Like, like it, it is kind of cool that with Pokemon, let's go, you can like, but you can't really transfer Pokemon back and forth unless they're original one fifty. So it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot to take in on this situation right now. And I think that that's where we've got to kind of like look at what they're announcing and taking them at a little bit of face value. Like Nintendo seems to be really ramping up with the news over this week and then I think they're going to go quiet and then boom E3 is going to hit. Um they also have what um Super Mario Maker 2 coming out within the next week or so or next two weeks, I think. Uh yeah, like I feel like it's close. Let's figure, find out. Uh, September. No, that's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Big news. Can oh, it's launch is June 28th, so in a month. In a month. But some big news came out for it today, too. Um, there will are be you, no. Are you tell us. Yeah, sorry, I had to clear my throat. Let oh. me clear my throat. Oh man, I've got a story for you in a second. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, Super Mario Maker Two details um, that have come out that people are not overly happy with are there is no way to transfer from the Wii U or the 3DS versions of the games into the new games, and they will in fact not be offering amiibo support. And the community is pretty torn over this. Because some levels that you see online are just unbelievable. And I understand now that they're they're giving you the option to build um, in multiple um, platforms of the game. Like, I think you can build... Like styles, you mean? Yeah, sorry, styles. You can build all the way up to um, the side-scroller from... Super yeah, Mario New Bros. Super Mario. Yeah. So regular, like Super Mario Bros. original, Super Mario Bros. 3... Uh, Super Mario World and New Super Mario Bros. U. 
And I do believe in the one trailer I did also see uh, either a Paper Mario add-on or you could just use a Paper Mario-looking character, which is kind of cool. That'd be interesting. But, I mean, what can you really do with Paper Mario? Like, Yoshi's doing such a good job with the paper kind of world. Although, it'd be cool to have an add-on where you could build Yoshi levels. Yeah, I think, like, Paper Mario and, like, Yoshi's games, like, the Yoshi games that they've come out with... Are they, so good. They, yeah, and they do a good job with being, like, the more, like, crafty, like, real-world kind of stuff. But Paper Mario is kind of that... Um, super mario rpg it's it's part of their rpg line uh and that's always been more of a like they're a comedic rpg um i hope that they come up with a paper mario game for switch like I, I yeah that, that. that'd or be like, cool or even um a new all-stars or not not a new all-stars um uh mario and luigi oh like the uh the 3ds ones yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a cool thing. Uh, Super Mario Maker Two. Uh, you can buy it by itself, or you can uh, get a Super Mario Maker Two plus Nintendo Online bundle. Um, because they can't sell it. Yeah. Uh, and that's a pre-order. I don't know if they're going to sell that regular, but. Uh, pretty much it's $10 more. Um, so in Canada, it would be $89.99 rather than $79.99. So you're getting the online, uh, a year membership for 10 bucks, so like half price. That's not but bad. But you know what? The fact that you can't play games with your friends easily online, not even worth it. Well, yeah, yes and no. But if you want to talk about products that are um dare i say hard to sell microsoft is once again finding it challenging to sell xbox game pass which is surprising because it's such a good service i mean my cheap trials are almost gone like i had a year for like nothing and i don't know if i'll re-up it however they're offering xbox live gold ultimate which will be a monthly subscription service no more than the price of netflix which will give you both Xbox Live and Game Pass at the same time. So that's another company trying to figure out a way to get people to use a uh, subscription-based service to also allow Game Pass to survive. And I kind of am for it. <laughs> depending on the price, right? It has to. It, it can't be more than what um, a year of Game Pass would be. Well, well a gear it, a year of Game Pass would be sixty nine ninety nine, right? Uh, no. Or has a it got Game Pass is like a hundred and twelve. But they're offering it for nineteen ninety nine, all in, right? So twenty bucks a month. Uh, that's what I read. Nineteen ninety eight, actually. Um, into a single monthly cost of fourteen ninety nine, Xbox owners will save five dollars per month compared to the nineteen ninety eight monthly. Oh yeah, wow! So you get it both for fifteen bucks a month. I'm assuming that's USD, so you're looking at probably twenty. Yeah, Which, I would love to see like a full out like you can either buy Game Pass or uh, Xbox Live for sixty nine dollars or whatever it is now, or for a hundred dollars you get both for the year. Bingo, bango, bongo, you're done. Yeah, I'd do that. They're going to have to do something like that because. 
Nobody's going to buy it $20 at a time. No, 20 bucks a month, that's a lot. So they're, they're testing it out right now um, for people who are on the, uh, like, alpha, no, uh, beta and omega or something like that, um, tiers on Xbox uh, for their um, early access or whatever um, inside, Xbox Insiders program. So uh, I actually was able to pay $1 to upgrade to the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And so what it did is it took my uh, total time remaining for uh, Xbox Live and then the total time remaining for my Game Pass and merged them into one. So I had like uh, collectively another like 18 months so it just was both of those times were added together so instead of my xbox live expiring in like 2020 and my game pass expiring in like eight months or something like that whatever now i have both until april of 2021 yeah wow yeah which was i was like for a dollar yeah i'll do that how do i sign up uh, I don't know if you can. I yeah, want to. You have to be... Uh, so the, the requirements was you had to be um, one of the Xbox insiders, which anyone can sign up for on your console. Uh, but then I think you had to be one for at least three months. So I don't know if it's still going on or when they'll stop doing this like little upgrade thing. But uh, my big concern now is, like, say, say I buy like a... Uh, like say I get like an Xbox Game Pass promo co- or like a membership card for cheap, right? Mm-hmm. How is that going to like if I add this to my account, will will it let me or will I have two two memberships going at the same time or will it extend it, right? So that was or my if you only did concern. game sharing, would that share that service for the dollar? Yeah, it would. Damn. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah, I just figured out how I'm going to get it for 50 cents. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> and it's, it's a, it it's a cool con- it's a cool concept, right? Like um I think it's I, actually brilliant, but like you have I, to offer a 6 month and a year package. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a natural pro- I think it was a natural progression, right? Because if you can make it so and and I I have a feeling that they are going to just try and eventually just have it all in one right uh if you can make it so that you kind of it's kind of like an asshole thing but uh if you don't give people the option of doing one or the other and just put it together people will pay it right uh, just kind of like how, you know, Sony has in the past upped their price of PlayStation Plus like twice. Uh, and their reasoning only was so that they could provide a better experience. But really, all they've done is taken away games from <laughs> their their PlayStation Plus lineup every every month, right? So, um, and and that's the thing is like it's all about making money for the the company. So it depends on how much money Microsoft has to pay out to developers that put their games on game pass. 
right? Because they they put like their new games on there, right? Yeah. So um, Crackdown Three, for example, right? It launched on Game Pass, so anyone who had Game Pass got to play that game for free. For however many, I think it's still on on Game Pass. So like for however many months that that game was on there, people can play it without paying a dime. Just like State of Decay. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to pay for it afterwards because, like, for some people, like some like hardcore gamers, they will beat the game within a month, right, and then never pick it up again if if that's what they do. Um, so Microsoft has to pay out these companies just like just like how they get money for um, being games with gold or PlayStation Plus, right, like. Uh, they get paid from Sony or Microsoft to have their games as a free game. So it, it depends on how much money can Microsoft charge for this without making it too expensive for people to not do it, which will then affect the service, right? Yeah. Uh, or like if they make it too cheap, they're going to be losing money and, and they don't want that either. So it'll be interesting. Like we'll have to see how things, uh, how things go with it. Um, if, if Sony's an example of anything with their, uh, what was it? PlayStation now, have they even changed the, the, the price? No, but like the concept is just flawed with PlayStation now, just like it was with, like the original Game Pass, and at least they fixed it a little bit. So I was actually looking at the uh, PlayStation Now uh, game page, and they've actually added uh, PlayStation 4 and PS2 games in the library, and those games you download and play them off of your console. So that was, I feel it, like, a just a natural progression from uh, kind of trying to combat against... Uh, xbox game pass Mm -hmm. but which which actually makes the playstation now a slightly better deal when you think about it because they have well so game pass has like what over 100 games like maybe i don't know let's say like 200 games with playstation now you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ps3 games that you can stream and then they've added ps2 and ps4 games so it makes it a slightly better deal if you're looking for the volume of games but uh it it also depends on you know what kind of games you like to play and if if the price point is there for me i think the sony playstation now um membership price for the year is just a little too high Okay, so what um, what prices do you think are fair? Like I, I, I'm of the mindset that if you increased, like the monthly fee is thirteen ninety nine or something for one month of live. So if you made it twenty bucks, okay. If you did the year, I think it's sixty bucks or sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. If you made it a hundred dollars, I think that's fair. Like yes, I, I don't I would, think you could go too fo- too much further. No, I would pay a hundred bucks, ninety nine dollars. See, and that's because you you have it to make be, it worth it because one twenty would would be um, too much, I think. Yeah, and and what's 
Xbox Live worth in United States dollars? <laughs> in fake money? 49. <laughs> Xbox Live USD? Let me just see, because we don't pay for it. Oh, it's on sale right now. That doesn't fucking work. <laughs> um, I th- Xbox Live is now $60 USD for okay. a year. So, my guess is that like they would probably put it to... Because everything is marketed in US dollars. So, they'd probably market it at you know, $99 US to get like the ultimate Game Pass Ultimate. But then with our exchange rate, that's 130 roughly Canadian, which is a little much. Yeah, like you got to meet us in the middle somewhere, just somewhere. We'd be happy with it. I'd pay 120 Canadian. That's as far as I'd go. That's $10 a month for everything. Yeah, you hear that, that's Microsoft? Me. 120 Canadian maximum. That That's me committing way more than I would because I know I can get live alone for 70 bucks. Or for free if you just mooch off of my username and password, right? Well, not live. I'd still need live to use GameShare. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You don't know how GameShare works. I explain this to you (laughs) every time. I (laughs) I I set up my account on your Xbox and make it my home console. And then you get access to any games that I purchased and can use my Xbox Live. Oh, see, I was under the impression I required my own live subscription. No, no. That's how it works. No, Mr. Superman, no. I'm getting really good at my Consuela. Getting pretty freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Next up. Um, how about a little detour story? So we went to, um, Chris's formal for her graduation party and the DJ looked a little haggard. I was like, okay, let's see what this guy's got through dinner. The music's pretty decent. And then he tries to get everybody out on the dance floor. Myself and one of the other guys, um, that is brought in on the boyfriend side of the table walk over to the table to try and make a request for a song. This guy was probably in his late 50s, early 60s. Actually, late 50s. I'd say late 40s, early 50s. Let's be real. His entire music library was CDs. Man, that's old school. No, no, no records. No iPod. No computer setup. Two CDs. And when he was blending the music... The music would just abruptly stop and change. <laughs> he would all like we were like a lot of the newer songs we requested. He didn't have because well, he didn't have the licenses. Yeah, and they don't make CDs for newer music anymore. It's all streamed. Yeah, it was the funniest thing. And like he was defensive. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, you can look through the CDs, but if you like put them out of order, he'd get really mad." I'm like, "Oh, so, so, sorry." Yeah, because that's all he has left. <laughs> <laughs> you scratched my CDs in broad daylight. Yeah, uh, that's that's weird. It remember, was like you met, remember having like the uh, the sun visor thing in your car, like disc holder. I still have one for like five CDs that I burnt. And then you, you'd have some friends that actually have like a whole freaking 
disc wallet. Well, yeah. And you'd, you'd, they'd be driving, and you'd be looking through the the disc. It's like, oh, yeah, Ultimate Mega Mix Volume 73. What's on here? I don't know. I burned it last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad, but so true. Yeah. Um, when, when you look at it that way as well, like, I remember... I was telling this story on the weekend. I had my neighbor was getting rid of it, and he offered it to me, so I took it. And I was like sixteen at the time. I I just helped like like demo his basement with my dad, and he gave me this three hundred CD changer made by Sony, and it was the coolest thing I ever had. Like I had it my entire CD library right now. Actually, I think I took it to London with me. You might have seen it. It was. Uh, I, I don't know. The, the, so you just lo- you'd stand all the CDs up. Yep. Um, image to the right, and then it would make this really like grindy sound when it would go around. And then it would pick up the CD, and like LEDs would flash on the inside. And then if it was a CD that had information on it, it would tell you what song it was and what track. Some burnt CDs would do that. Other ones, if you saved a CD, like in like spot six or whatever, you could actually plug in an old PS2 style um, keyboard and type up the information for it. Yes, PS2, before USB connections were a thing on keyboards. It had a PS2 port. I should say not like the PlayStation 2, but like actually the port. <laughs> yeah. For those people who don't know. And it was the coolest thing. And I remember when I finally got rid of it, we couldn't find the remote for it. <laughs> Why would you get rid of something I, like that? Didn't need it. Is that, I don't, I that don't, wrong? Yeah. That is like... Why? A, that is a sweet piece of technology right there. Did it you stop working? You could have had it, it. Did it stop working? Um, yes. The remote, I was too lazy to go up and change it. This isn't <laughs> the 1960s. <laughs> Your gramophone stopped working. Well, <laughs> I don't want to replace. I don't want to replace the horn. Throw it out. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Yeah. That's yeah, so that happened. Where did they w- find that DJ? I don't know. I you don't know what? It was probably like the cheapest DJ that they could find, right? Like, see the. Aside from like maybe two people who participated, I doubt anybody else who was at that party who organized it would listen to this podcast. So here's what I think happened. The <laughs> hall was great. Um, I mean, it was a little stuffy because they wouldn't let you outside with your booze and they wouldn't open the patio up on the roof. What? Well, I, I, I don't know why. It was kind of rainy all day. I don't fucking know. So like we, it was just the two floors and they kept all like they only used the upper floor for like the cocktail hour. Right. And... Like, the dance hall and stuff was just all on the other floor. There was only one bar. It was in the corner. The bathroom was on the second floor, or on the third floor. We were on the second floor. So that was kind of a pain in the ass all the time. The facility was nice. The food, um, entree was great. Or, um, sorry, the salad was great. I thought, very tasty salad. The entree was a little, like, my chicken was dry and crunchy at the same time. Which is, like, I understand making 150 chicken breasts. Is tough work, but like they didn't really give you a sauce for it. The dessert was fantastic, and you had unlimited booze. And each ticket was about 70, 80 bucks. 
And they gave us money back because they were able to get sponsors. So what I'm thinking is somebody sponsored the DJ. And it was just like, we have this DJ who is like my brother's friend. My (laughs) uncle. Yeah, my (laughs) uncle. Yeah, like some supplier's uncle was the DJ. And this is just how she went down. So this guy got the job and he got his hand and probably like they probably paid him only like four or five hundred dollars for the night. I can't imagine it was too much more. Just just terrible. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> he played Backstreet's back twice. Well, within, he had a burn he had a burn on two different CDs and didn't know which one was. But on. within an hour and a half he played it twice. So well, like di- dinner ended at nine and they kicked everybody out at one and it was like a prompt kick out at one. Really? And the song that he ended it. So he played two slow songs the entire night. It was perfect by Ed Sheeran and your song by Elton John. The next slowest bass song he played was dreams by Fleetwood Mac at the end of the night. And that song's about getting over a cheating lover. And that's the last song you're going to play at the end of the night. <laughs> He 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 was. I want you guys all to walk the- home on this one. <laughs> <laughs> now let's slow it down. Too many bad Wait. Just you want to just you want to hear something awful though. My uh, <laughs> my my employer hired uh, my ex girlfriend's sister. That's awkward. Horrifying. That is awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told my manager to never schedule us around the same schedule. Due to conflict? Due to conflict, yeah. And she's like, if um, I had known. I'm like, well, we got three months legally to get rid of her. <laughs> Your clock stops now. Yeah. Um, how would you like to know what's coming out on Netflix this, this month? There's some oh, big movies coming. Please do tell. <clears throat> well, we have some classics like 50-50, The Dark Knight, um, is, we, is that the whole Dark Knight trilogy or just... Well, they've already had Batman Begins on it for a while and then it oh, went yeah. away. Oh, and Batman Begins is returned, but the Dark Knight Rises isn't on this list unless it's going to come out later in the month. Um, Platoon is being re-added to Netflix, which is pretty awesome. Um, of course, there's a lot of new Netflix specials coming out. June 5th, we have another new season of Black Mirror. We got season five really awesome and dr seuss's the grinch is dropping in june why because <laughs> just because yeah that's weird <laughs> um what do we got june 7th uh we don't oh we have designated survivor season three which is pretty good i'm pretty sure that show started on tv and then netflix bought it june 11th we have ralph breaks the internet which is crazy considering disney's pulling all their content in november december June 13th, we have the third eye, two. They they probably had, like, an agreement well before. Yeah, like, some of them are coming off. Yeah. Um, There is that Netflix original movie coming out starring Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler called Murder Mystery. It looks great. Right? It looks fantastic. But they're always in good stuff together. Yeah. Um, What... See, you just I lost where I was on the list. June 15th, for all you Grays fans, season 15 drops. Um, I haven't seen when Brooklyn Nine-Nine is going to drop yet. Usually it drops right away, but NBC might be holding out a little bit. Um, Adam Devine's stand-up special is coming out, which could be good, could be bad. I don't know. 
Um, <clears throat> June 21st, we've got nothing really that I can see. Shooter Season 3, which is kind of crazy considering first two seasons never actually came out. Um, season, or June 26th, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is hitting Netflix. Nice. And, and The Zookeeper. <laughs> we didn't need the second one, but we'll take it. Uh, Captain Marvel finally has released on digital. Which means it will sometime, somehow surprise drop in the middle of June. We're yeah. just assuming. Yeah. I still um, haven't seen that movie, but... How have you not? It's just... It's, it's, you know, I like the girl who didn't really care to see it in theaters. I didn't really care to see it in theaters. In all fairness, though, the the stuff you saw in Endgame was filmed before Captain oh, yeah. Marvel was filmed. So Yeah, I know that. And you know what? I f- don't feel like I missed anything from not seeing Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's just like, like, it'll I'll, be like ham. I'll watch the movie. It was it was point. quirky, but like I found the timing weird because they also released shortly after that. Um, Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson did something called like the Unicorn something, the Unicorn Store, and it was a Netflix original. So I mean, it was within two month or two weeks. They had two movies at the same time. Really? Yeah. Maybe they filmed them at the same time. Maybe. Um, there will be no waiting this year for Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 7 for an, another announcement. It happened rather quickly. NBC was like, all right, we're good. Let's do this. Um, they did, or CBS did cancel a show called Life in Pieces. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I've nope. talked about it a few times. It's on Netflix right now. Um, the premise of the, story, or the show is it divides a 30-minute sitcom into three or four short stories because the family's last name is Short. So there's, like, the grandpa and grandma, which is Diane Wiest and uh, James Brolin. And then, like, Colin Hanks is in it with Zoe Lister-Jones. Um, the girl from Prison Break, I can't think of her name right now. Um, she's in it. There's, there's a bunch of different, like, good character actors throughout the entire series. But it, it's just, like, a lot of good short stories. CBS canceled it because, I don't know. They were like, we have no Big Bang Theory. We've got nothing left. We're grizzled. We're dying. It's over. So, um, have you seen the Rim, Rim of the World? No, I have not. It's like some like Netflix original movie. Is it good? I don't know. It, it's like they're promoting it. No adults. No electronics. No turning back. These teens hold the key to Earth's survival against an alien invasion. Try not to freak out. Um, I don't know. It's like kind of weird. Sounds kind of uh, stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's a. I, I've just seen. There's a Lonely Island. Uh, thing. Another one. Yeah, it is. A, it is about Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. They dropped that the other night. I haven't watched it yet, but they also released uh, an album that same night. It's a 30-minute show and about a 25-minute album. So oh, well, there I'm going to have to not watch this right now because I feel like that's something that uh, the girlfriend would really like to watch because she loved... And it's going to... Um, Popstar? Uh, Popstar. I showed Never that to her and she's like, this is amazing. It's, it's right up there with Sausage Party for me. Like, it's just so addicting. 
Um, I, I, I could I could literally just hear your patience being like, you didn't even like the movie the first time we watched it. Yeah, you you were like, uh, that movie's stupid. Hey, look, I was tired. We had a long day. <laughs> you and I had like a long day filled with activities and stuff, and we were hot. We sat in a hot building in the distillery district, and then we went to the movies to get air conditioning. This is true. And then we got drunk for two days straight. So, like, I mean. (laughs) So things got hot. Um, (laughs) There's also a new Black Mirror coming out. Yes, Not you anytime when soon. I just said that? <laughs> did, you, did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, okay, moving on. <laughs> oh, my bad. You're funny. That's okay. When's the new one coming out? Uh, middle, uh, June 5th, and it's Miley Cyrus is in it. Now, so is it like the entire season, or is it just like another full... I don't full know. They're, they're really hyping it up. Oh, three episodes. Meh. With her in it. Well, no, I mean, three, three, or is it just three episodes? I, I don't know. The, the Netflix, or sorry, the Wikipedia page so shows series five, three episodes. Maybe that's, that's all that they're stupid. showing right now, or they're Hopefully. long episodes. Well, they've all been, what, like an hour? They're all about 45 minutes. Maybe. Yeah. What was your favorite, your favorite uh, episode? You're going to find this really shocking, but I haven't started Black Mirror yet. What the hell? Okay, show's over. He's got a, he's got a homework to do. It's actually, it's the show, it's between that and Breaking Bad is what I'm going to do now that I'm done with Game of Thrones. So, Black's, Black, Black Series, Black Mirror, Season 1, and I think Season 2, it was still... Um, Season one and two, yeah. Was, I have um, seen the episode where he fucks the pig. Yeah, that's the first episode of season one. Yes, uh, but they so put it as like the what? second episode because you have to unlock it on Netflix, apparently. Really? Yeah. Oh, it shows up as episode one on my list. Oh, well, then they've changed it, so that's good. They must have. So anyway, so um, the first two seasons was produced by the BBC, I believe it is, or... What is it? Channel Four, which is like a British, yeah, like a UK uh, channel company, and then Netflix bought it. So it's interesting, kind of just seeing how I, w- I would say that they had good production values from season one and two, um, but all like the actors and stuff went from being British to like having like American accents. <laughs> Well, that's like I, I didn't really realize that um, Peter Dinklage was an American. When I when I found that out originally, the illusion was just gone. Because I thought he was a British dude playing an Amer- like having an American accent in like movies like Pixels and X Men. Mm-hmm. And then when I found I saw him in an interview and he was like full out American, I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" I thought this guy was British. Yeah, and they have some like pretty good um pretty pretty good actors and i think it was season three nosedive is like the first episode in that it's got uh bryce dallas howard yeah she's been in uh a bunch of things like jurassic world true detective and uh a dog's way home that great movie uh oh rocket man 
that's another movie that's coming out soon. And I'm excited or for did that it already one. Come out May 27th. I mean, I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but me, actually, me neither. We're we're terrible podcasters, you know that. Like, <laughs> we, I think we're we might be the only podcasters that talk about things that we've never seen. What what a what an absolute disservice we are! But like we the, are like the, like the curvature of the earth. The biggest thing that I think <laughs> we provide the world is an opinion based off what we hear from other people, and yeah, that's. We, <laughs> It's a show by the, the people for the people. Yeah. Um, Hosted by the people's so, choice. So um, I, I do want to end the show on a, a question slash a little bit of a debate, but I do want to let you know that I have finally started playing Super Mario Odyssey. And you love it. I love how your birds are in the background and they chirped at the right time. That, those weren't my birds. Those are the ones that are outside in nature. <laughs> well, then they tripped in the perfect time. Um, actually, I I I love the game, but I watched uh, like after I started playing a few levels. You have it, correct? I have it. Yes. So after I, I started playing a few levels, I was like, "Wow, I'm like really good at finding all these bananas. These banana they're, they're, moons. They're moons. These moons. They're not bananas. Just the not moon bananas. It's not the Donkey moon. Kong. It's moon. Yeah, the moon bananas." Um, I'm really good at fighting these things. I so I watched, an, uh, I, uh, I watched an IGN review, right? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, after my first playthrough, I uh, I got, I think it was a 192, and there's like 900 available. I just left the Ice World after Metro Kingdom, and I'm already at 200 and something. And Chris's friend who like loaned me the game was just like, fuck you. <laughs> Like, I didn't leave Metro Kingdom. Like, I'm missing one of the first 41 you can get. And I found this out afterwards. And they're just, like, the game I'm finding to be so mindless that I can just play and be like, oh, there's a planter that an acorn needs to go in. Oh, look, I found an acorn. Now, how do I get up there? Oh, I can jump on a taxi. Oh, I can throw it in here and come and get it later. And then, like, all these, like, it just, it's such a natural game for me. That I'm just I'm finding it almost too easy to find them. It's I, um, I'm on pace for at least I don't know what the actual pace is or where you should be after your first playthrough. Like if you can get forty per level, that's pretty amazing. But I'm not intentionally go, like I'm spending a little bit of time in each. But even the snow one, I was like, oh, there's there's only like twenty available until you unlock more of the game. Yeah, I I would play <laughs> to get enough in each world to, to move forward be able to be able to move forward but then i would also like throughout the time uh like there's certain ones that i'd be like okay well i'm just gonna get that and that and that like i try and leave uh each world with getting like maybe five or ten more than what you need yeah but um you know what like my problem with that game is that one it's really not suited for playing with like the pro controller yeah that really upset me so like when i did the first level i just and like i even find it irritating to do you know if you i think it's if you shake the joy cons left yeah you're supposed to have like a like you're supposed to be able to spin the hat around you and it just never works properly Mm -hmm. um and like you see like all these videos of people playing online and doing like the crazy like air jump throw your hat jump on that that keep doing that like i just can't get it and I don't know why, but I feel like... Because like, you're not 15. 
yeah that's probably it the the game is so well designed that it's accessible for pretty much anyone like you don't need to be super skilled to get the moons to move forward yeah but then they have all these other ones that are like oh yeah this is on a floating island like three kilometers out there and there's literally no way for me to get there unless i know how to do this unless you find a rocket that takes you to another thing or a picture that inverts you to another level yeah or it's like you do like the super jump thing multiple times like so that just makes it frustrating frustrating because it's like you know like i can see that i want to get to it but i'm just not capable of controlling the character that much and a lot of times like it's because i don't necessarily want to play with the dual joy cons so you know like if i'm sitting there like even if i'm playing handheld right it's like it's very difficult to do any of that stuff what? especially because it's like just it's, in order it's, to control it's your awkward hat. with your hand yeah yeah like because you can control cappy or whatever way easier with the the dual joy cons when they're disconnected like just for like attacking and like throwing them and stuff like that but it's much more difficult when you're using a fixed controller like the pro controller or the joy cons attached to the console so i just wish that they had like a easier way to control it but i guess like the game was designed to be played with the dual joy cons first yeah it you, you can definitely tell too it's um well, it's kind like of like, I, I uh, find Super it frustrating. Mario Odyssey, right? Like, or no, see, um, what's the one on the Wii Galaxy, right? Like, you pretty much had to play it with the, uh, like it was designed so that you use the, um, Wii Mote to collect stars and like shake him to make him spin and all this stuff. Like, that's how it was designed. But you, and I think I think they took that idea. And with the Joy-Cons being more accurate, uh, they like, took it to the next step. But then they had to put in a regular control scheme for, you know, the people who are less capable like me. And it just kind of like breaks the game, I guess. Like it doesn't break the game, but it makes it less enjoyable because it it's like it takes makes... a little bit to get used to. And I'll yeah. fully admit that like yeah. I the um, you know like the little scarecrows where if you put your hat on it there's like a time trial yeah i was finding it very frustrating when i'd be like okay so how do you do the triple jump okay this makes no sense how do you do the triple jump and then i like i'd have to keep learning but you don't have your hat and you become so dependent on this damn hat because if you throw it and hold it in front of you and then run at it you actually get a hat bounce and you're like oh fuck this is great and then you have to do these like little time trials and you have to figure out exactly how to time your like jumps it's it's frustrating but i'm enjoying it because i I, it's actually a game that i think gets rid of anxiety a little bit for me i can just sit and play i like the colors i i'm not overly keen on finding the like the little purple coins but i am also learning very rapidly that you have to look everywhere your head has to be on a swivel at all times and some stuff you're just you have no ability to get to until the end of the game because you you'll earn stuff along the way Mm -hmm. but I'm very impressed, Nintendo. Like I understand exactly why it was a 9.5 and higher. IGN gave it a 9.7 because they're dicks. Didn't give it a 10. It's because well, f- it's not modern warfare. It's it's a it's a beautiful game. It's very simplistic though. Like as somebody who likes to like like open world games like like Fallout and stuff like that, where you actually have to like go and like there's not a lot of like 
puzzle solving. A lot of the puzzles are like, oh, I just figured out how to put my hat here, and then I figured it out. So that's cool. But, like, that's kind of ingenious in itself because when you think about it, like, the level design, some of the stuff on there is, like, so... Like, you have to be fairly accurate with your jumps and, and movements and stuff like that. That Like, people designed that and play tested it. Kind of like, you know, what people do when uh, like, they build the crazy uh, levels in Super Mario Maker. Yeah. But it's like... This is a triple A game. You know, they had a set timeline to do it. These people, you know, there's a set quality that Nintendo expects. And, like, sometimes, like, when I play that game, it's just like, holy crap. Like, someone someone designed this, what I'm doing exactly right now. Like, they've came up with this puzzle for me to do this, like this, and... It's like, oh, I jumped too far. Dead. I have to do it again. Oh, I didn't jump far enough. Dead. I have to do it again, right? Like, it's just kind of like the amount of detail that they put into the level design in that game is astounding. Mm-hmm. You know, you're absolutely right. And the the one thing I think I can really appreciate from it is just it's like the throwbacks and the callbacks to other games have just been remarkable. Like, yeah, you have the the... The eight bit stuff, which is amazing, like when and you're really do- well done too. Like, yeah, like when you're in um, the Metro Kingdom and you're at the the uh, like the festival, the New Dong City Festival or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah, and like like the music that they're playing is phenomenal through it. And it, when you're doing some games or you're you're like racing a toad or you're fighting certain bad guys, you hear old school Mario music like in there. Mm-hmm. There was a, like. Um, I remember doing the the little RC race, like when you go into the private club for the RCs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the if you take over the guy, and it was Mario Kart music, but like original Mario Kart music, like do 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 do. That one, I liked it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a so well done, oh, sorry, well done game. You know what I want next though. Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, that's like like every water level I play, I'm like Flood would make this so cool. Yeah. But like I still think we need either a virtual console or a 64 mini before anything from the the GameCube shows up. Because there's a few GameCube stunners that need to come out. Yeah, like all the Mario Party games because Super Mario Party was gimped on release. Except are you really going to have uh, a Mario Party game that comes with a peripheral microphone so you can blow in it? Yes. Actually, you know, really? like, we've been playing Super Mario Party fairly regularly just to try and get, like, uh, gold on all the the uh, all the all the maps. So we're doing the, the co-op, right? Like, you can do the team games. And the, uh, yeah, we've been doing the uh, rafting lately. Yeah, so we're we're working on the the team games of the just regular board game stuff, and we've just figured out that in order to win, you have to move first. Any single any time that we have ever had to go second, we've lost. Why can't you just be better at the game? I've lost once in the five times I've played, and like that's with other people and the computers. Yeah, but then also if you're playing like two. Like the two on two, even if it's like you can even be winning, but then it's like, oh, the st- 
stupid bonus stars at the end, which literally makes me rage so hard. Because you can't turn them off anymore. No, and it's just like, oh, yes, I won. We won. We have we have two more stars left. And then they're like, oh, no, psych. <laughs> they get three bonus stars. Well, Why? There, because we said. There's like eight categories. It's like um, sometimes it's like ally. It's the most red square sometimes. The most green squares, most purchases, largest travel, uh, most money spent or most money earned. There's There's one other one, too. But you've you've got to like watch the game as it unfolds, and if you see somebody like spending a lot or buying like using a lot of the candies, you got to do something different just in case. Mario Party for the longest time has been strategy based on um, how you could potentially win a bonus star. So when I play a game of Mario Party, I focus on a trying to win as many mini games as possible because you can always get a bonus star for that. It's almost mm. automatic, and then I focus on like either trying to spend as much money or earning as much money as possible and then like using the move tokens the other thing too is like the added second dice when you get an ally is like the most fucked up thing oh yeah because you get one or two per yeah and then you can have like four or five allies yeah and like but they're only worth five total because that's just the way the game works but they can also screw you over because like you might be um five spaces away from a a a star block but then you roll uh six so now you can't um move your character in a route that will land you on that star block and it screwed us over so many times so you know I, i just hope that nintendo will give us some sort of like dlc content for that game because it needs more boards. It needs a better online. Yeah, like, I would it, love to be able to send you a message and be like, yo, you and your girlfriend, we're going to play. You're playing against me and my girlfriend. I think you can actually do that. You can't. It's only the mini games, And it's like a set selection of mini games. It's stupid. I was so disappointed when I found out about that after I bought the game. Maybe one day. Yeah, one day Nintendo will hear my cries. Never. They fall, on, they fall on death. Or, uh, on dead ears, ears. on dead death ears. stranding ears that's where i was actually going to segue to finish so <laughs> the question i have for you before we go into death stranding which is something i want our our listeners to think about it's what i've been thinking about we have uh we have a show next week which will be previewing e3 and then we'll probably do I think E3 runs Wednesday to Friday, so we probably won't do anything until the Saturday. And it'll just be like a two-hour show. Hoping Sony doesn't do anything crazy, considering they said they're not going. But here's the question I'm going to pose to you, the listener and to you, Sir David. Can Sony try and steal the show at E3 without mentioning the PS5 or even attending the show? No. How can you steal the show if you're not there? Because... I think, and Death Stranding is only the, po- the 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 icing on the cake, but I think we're still going to see the IPs that Sony owns just releasing stuff. I, I've been told that Cyberpunk, what is it, 2022 or whatever it is? 20, yes, 2020, 2077 or something like that. They, they are doing a offline demo. And live presentation, much like when we saw 
Was it you that came to that one, or was it Kyle? What's that? Um, Xbox had a game years ago, Quantum Break. So we went to yeah. a private release of Quantum Break at a Microsoft E3 show, and they wouldn't let cameras in. And if you were playing along with it, you weren't allowed your hard drive or cameras, which was craziness. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing with Cyberpunk. Sony has exclusive rights to show it off this weekend, but they're not going to be, or next week, but they're not going to be at the party. They're not going to be at the show. Their developers will be, but they won't be. And they're not going to be showing any video. Obviously, some idiot's going to leak it, and it's going to be great. You know what? Like, they didn't show anything substantial last year. No, they showed 25 minutes of The Last of Us Part Two. And, and like then just, it's just like random trailers for games that we already knew or like stuff that wasn't exciting. Yeah. So I think I have a feeling that they they probably aren't going to announce anything for PS5 this year. I don't think Microsoft is going to announce anything for the Xbox One, Two, uh, <laughs> Three, Four. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just going to be games, and and I have a feeling that's why Sony is is not going to be there, or like but, why they've decided not to, because it's like you know what, like all of our developers either the second party games or the third party developers can show their stuff. Like they're going to have their, their, um, their little, whatever booth set up in time to shine for that. Um, they have a platform, uh, they, like they've seen how it's worked for Nintendo, right? Doing like just the online streams. Um, and if, if they don't have anything substantial hardware wise, I think it will just be more disappointing for everyone, right? Because like if Sony's there, they're going to be like, "Oh yes, like we've heard rumors of the PlayStation 5, we want to see this." And then they pull an E3 2018 and just show like 25 minutes of like kind of boring uh, gameplay footage of stuff, like uh, yeah. of games that like don't even have a release date or are going to release in like a year. So, I think it's smart on them to just kind of like take a step back let their developers um, kind of show off what they're doing. And it'll be interesting to see what what Microsoft does, be, knowing that, like, they're the only one, well, other than, like, Bethesda and stuff like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, knowing that now Sony and Nintendo aren't actively there. You know, like for a an actual press press conference, I think yeah. like uh, Microsoft, um, I think Microsoft stole the show last year with like their announcements of like all their new developers and stuff like that and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, this I think this year is a big, big. Um, I think it's. I think this year's E three is honestly going to be a letdown. I, I think um, so. I think it's going to be a, a big change in the direction of what, where E3 is going in the next, like, five, ten years. Like, I remember back when, you know, it was such a huge thing and you had to be part of, like, the media industry to even be able to go, right? Like, when they closed it off to the public. And then, yeah, I like, it, it'll be interesting because now that there's so many online outlets for streaming and releasing content and stuff like that it's just cheaper for them to do it that way and nintendo's been doing it for years and they've gotten away with it yeah and and nintendo instead of doing like the giant you know 40 minute 
E3 presentation once a year, they've been doing multiple smaller Nintendo Directs throughout the year. We will see Bowser for the first time, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see his um, his onstage persona. You know what I mean? Like his personality. Like he's he has to be as like charismatic as Reggie. Because if he doesn't, then it's gonna I think change the change the kind of view of Nintendo. Yes. Now, just quickly, um, before we get into our our show-ending segment, three burning questions. I would like to know what you initially think of the Death Stranding trailer. The first thing I thought of was, what the fuck am I watching? That was it. It was very confusing. It didn't really flow together. The, I still think the character movement is quite blocky, especially with the running and like how you have this massive backpack on, but you can still do full-out karate kicks. I think the game looks absolutely beautiful. I think Norman Reedus um, he is super polished. It honestly looks just like him. But I'm just not... Like, I'm very concerned with what this game could really be. Like, Kojima's known for, like, the Metal Gear games. So this could be a little bit different for him. But I kind of had, like, the, the way that the enemies were moving around, it felt like the division a little bit. I know Ubisoft had nothing to do with this, but it felt that way watching it. But the animation is just incredible. And I understand that these are cutscenes. I, I did also find it funny that if you went to your your um, inventory wheel, a ladder would just appear on your backpack. Like, your backpack's already huge. If that was the case, why don't you just have a small backpack, you know? Well, we don't know the story. And That's even true. after watching that eight-minute trailer, still don't know what's going on. No, we have no idea what's going on. I think on. That's, that's like the worst part. I think that's like part of the big draw towards it, though, is because like it looks it looks great. Um, there's been a lot of kind of uh, mystery behind it over the last few years, uh, and now it's coming to fruition. Um, you mean fruition? Yeah, fruit, fruitition. That's is what that I said. like when a fruit has an intuition? Yeah, it's like the fruit's like, hmm. Intuition. <laughs> um, that I think that's a, a huge part of the marketing for it. Because um, people people are going to want to know what it's about, like what it is. I'm intrigued. I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see more gameplay. Yes, but real gameplay. Yeah. Not, not like cinematic gameplay. I want to see... HUD on the screen. I want to hear somebody talking over the game. Let's go. Like before E3 or what they're going to present for E3, let's see that. That's the – like you remember when they showed that off for State of Decay and the <laughs> the car kept floating, but everything else looked really cool and then State of Decay sucked? Yeah. I want, this is where we're at now. We need to see the game actually being played, not these weird cinematic angles where ghosts are chasing you or whatever the fuck those things were. Or on the other side of things where it's like um, you're running away from a bad guy and 
a glowy thing gets knocked off your backpack, but all you have to do is run over it and you flip it up in your bag like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see real gameplay. Come on. It's time. And, and I'm hoping that they they show something in the next like week or so. I would greatly appreciate that. Because otherwise, this is definitely going to be a game that I will pick up after watching gameplay footage after release. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. That's my, that's my headspace, my, my head zone. Um, are you ready for? Um, well, obviously, we're going to talk about Death Stranding in more detail next week when we have uh, our Sony, EA. Microsoft, Nintendo, Bethesda, Ubisoft prediction show. Um, of course, it's going to be a little shorter than the last ones. But do you have your burning question ready, good sir? Uh, my burning question of what? Did you not see the note I sent you? Yeah, but I, I don't understand the question. So here we go. So every episode or every other episode, I haven't fully decided yet. We are going to set up our next episode with three burning questions that will have us salivate and think for the the following week so i have two questions ready so if you want to hear my first one you can go after this one i said because last year we had such a huge year with the likes of microsoft and a down year from sony and an, an, a fairly okay year by Nintendo. Will E3 2019 be a letdown because people care more about the hardware that's potentially coming out and less about the games because we're seeing more game trailers early? That's burning question number one. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like a little bit of... Uh, a tingle? Uh, a tingle, a little bit of like, ooh, a spark under my seat. It's like, oh... Is my pants on fire? I don't know. What do you got? Do you got one? Uh, is Nintendo going to fix their online platform? I will write that down. The answer is probably no. And will they allow some of their, their stalwart and AAA titles to have online support? And question three, which is actually one that came from somebody who listens to our show, is can Bethesda recover from having an amazing e, uh, an amazing E3 and a poor product release at this year's E3. How will Todd Howard react to poor receptions for both Rage 2 and Fallout 76? That was the question. And I think we could add um, Elder Scrolls Swords or what are Blades? Oh, the card game? Uh, no, like the uh, 3D... Um, the 3D, like, full Elder Scrolls game for mobile... Oh yes, I I've remember. I've kind of played it around because I don't know if it's like in, still in early access or or whatnot, but it just is kind of like meh. All right. So just to recap, our three burning questions for the this episode would be: Will E three twenty nineteen be a letdown after all of our surprises last year? Will we finally have some resolution to Nintendo's online support, and will AAA games be supported? And can Bethesda recover from an amazing E3 and a string of poor software releases? Does that sound about right to you? Oh, I'm burning now. I'm I'm really hopeful, especially with Bethesda as a fan of their studio and works. And I like I understand their bugs, 
it's just last year was not a good year for them at all. And like even following it up to this year, the meta the meta reviews for Rage Two are not great. Like, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, and then there was really nothing to hype it up at all. And, and then it just kind of released, and people were like, "Oh, okay." And that that was just it. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> okay. I mean, there there's not much. Like it, it's it's hard to say where exactly you could see them kind of going from here because they're going to show us what's that um i want to call it starfield so they're going to show like another clip of that they're going to show something new with other scrolls and then they're going to be like like todd howard's just going to go out there and make like a jim jim halpert face and be like so you guys didn't like our game question mark but like what what else can you do like that that's one that's really burning up in me and I'm I'm having a hard time really going like okay I think they're going to have a great time here and they're going to recover and it's going to be absolutely fantastic but I just I can't see it I think it's just going to be a uh, a big hype up for like doom Oh, true. And isn't there another, like, Wolfenstein potentially coming out? Oh, maybe. Yeah, they might just ignore... Oh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to release Skyrim on um, the TI-83. It's already on Switch. Oh, what? Sorry. You know what? I'll just be over here. (laughs) Just doing my thing. Yeah, no, they're going to hype up or, like, show off stuff for Skyrim, or it's, like, Elder Scrolls, what is it, 6? Because remember, they just showed, like, that one little teaser video of, like, the logo? Yeah. I I do recall. They're going to try and, like, sweep uh, Fallout under the rug. Oh, it's going to be, I think, like, I think, if anything, he tries to joke about it. And it's just like, yeah, unlike Fallout 76, and people just start laughing at him and be like, yeah, well, you know, it really sucked, but it is what it is. Yeah, and then he'll say, please clap. (laughs) Yeah, there's signs out in the the crowd like, hey, can you just please, for the love of God, clap? If you do not, we are in trouble because nobody liked our stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. I think you just answered your the burning question for last for the next episode. I might have. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, for for that then, I'm not going to answer any more of my questions. Um, I'm going to prep up just like the rest of Canada for the Raptors hitting the NBA final. Maybe play some 2K tonight. I haven't decided. It's going to be a good time. I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you're listening to or you're watching it on YouTube, click like. If you like it, subscribe. If you'd love to like it, and we'll keep creating so- our songs, podcasts for you. It's like <laughs> songs, but without music, right? We're just speaking the lyrics, but with no backing, backing track. It's, it, well, yeah, I guess. There's not really it's poetry. anything. Yeah, poetry in motion. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you later. Thanks for listening.